Hi, this is Jim Kelly. Welcome to the Free Reads podcast and part two of my one-act play, Breakaway Backdown. I'm releasing it under a Creative Commons license. You are free to listen, download the files onto your MP3 player, and share them with your friends. As you know, since you probably heard part one, Breakaway Backdown was produced last February at the West End Studio Theater in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, by the New Hampshire Theater Project. It was directed by my friend Genevieve Vachel and stars Lisa Richardson. It was part of an evening of one acts and scenes performed by New Hampshire Theater Project's women artists. The one acts were Yesterday's Window by Chiori Miyagawa and Breakaway Backdown by, well, me. As I watched Genevieve rehearse Lisa in Breakaway, it occurred to me that it would make an interesting addition to Free Reads. When I proposed it to them, they both thought it was a great idea. I paid Lisa for this performance. She is, after all, a professional actor. And so I would ask that if you like what you hear, you leave a little something in my PayPal account to defray the costs of production. We recorded it a couple of hours before the last live performance at the West End Studio Theater. Although on stage, Lisa's performance was fluid and utterly self-assured, I was fascinated by how often she stopped herself during the recording session to find exactly the right line reading in a piece that goes from comic to tragic, sometimes in the same breath. Of course, all those takes have been edited out here. Well, enough of me. You've waited a week to hear Lisa, so here she is. Breakaway Back Down by James Patrick Kelly. Performed by Lisa Richardson. Actually, you know, it wouldn't have been so bad if we could have kept the rest of the crew out. <laughs> but the Edens are built for recreation as well as for food production. <laughs> On the Victor Foxtrot, we had to have sign-ups between 800 and 1600. See, the, uh, the Edens are these wide open spaces, and they're kept eight degrees warmer than the crew deck, and they're lit you know, 20 hours a day by grow lights and, you know, solar mirrors. And they've got these big windows. So, crew floats around, sucking up the view, soaking in the photons, you know, communing with the life force, you know, shredding the foliage, and, and in general, <laughs> getting in our way. Ugh, breakaways are the worst. <laughs> okay. They actually adopt plants as if they were pets. Is that crazy or what? I mean, okay, a, a tomato plant has a lifespan of three, maybe four months, you know, before it gets too leggy and stops bearing. I, you know, I've actually seen grown men cry because Elena's pulled up their favorite marigold. Now all my plants are silk. I, uh, I realized after I backed down, I didn't want anything to do with the daylight. When I was growing up, uh, we were a bunch of poor nobodies. And uh, we moved into the night when I was about seven. So, night shifting was like coming home. <laughs> Besides, I got way too much sun in space. <laughs> the sun is not my friend. Yeah, I haven't seen real daylight in over a year. Yeah, I make a point of it. When the sun is shining, I'm asleep. Or safely cocooned. <laughs> I don't go out to work or play until dusk. Hey, <laughs> being a mommy to legumes is not what I miss about space. 
Elena. How many months has it been now? Yeah, I wish we could talk more, but it's hard. She uh, she transferred to the mining ship Marathon, and you know they're out surveying Saturn's moons. It's like a three-hour lag, so real-time conversation's impossible. She sent some vids, but it's just it's too hard to watch any of them. Just a bunch of happy chat, you know? Nothing important in them. Just... And I didn't plan on missing her this much. You have no messages. The night is where I live. <laughs> Only needs to say, be hard to scare someone to death in broad daylight. <laughs> because the uh, the day's too crowded. <laughs> it's too tame. The night is it's edgier. It's scarier. <laughs> Sexier. You say and do things that wouldn't occur to you at lunchtime. <laughs> you know, it's because we really don't belong in the night. In order to survive there, we have to overcome all old instincts, you know, urging us not to wander out in the dark, you know, for fear we might fall off a cliff or you know, get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> the night gives you something extra. Right. And it's just like that in space. Only it's scarier. <laughs> it's sexier. Alright. Yeah, maybe sexy isn't exactly the right word, but you know what I mean. Actually, I... I think that's what I miss most about space. <laughs> you know, I was more alive there than I've ever been before. Maybe too alive. <laughs> People live fast up there, okay? Well, they know the statistics. They have to live fast. And yes, we did it. Screwed. <laughs> that is what everyone wants to know, isn't it? <laughs> that and, uh, how do you go to the bathroom? <laughs> okay, truth is, sex is complicated, just like everything else in space. Yeah, okay. First of all, forget everything you heard about doing it while floating free. Sex is dangerous, hard work, and it's no fun. <laughs> you want to have sex in space. One or both of you have to be tied down. <laughs> Most heteros use some kind of a joy strap. It's a, you know, it's a wide circular elastic. Fits around you and your partner. Helps you stay coupled, okay? <laughs> You know, but even with all the gear, sex can be kind of subtle, as in disappointing. <laughs> you don't realize how erotic weight is until there isn't any. You want to make love to a balloon? <laughs> 
Most people just do oral. It's simpler, less moving parts. <laughs> Breakaways have reinvented lovemaking, just like you know everything else. They have this kind of sex where they don't move because their bones are too brittle. If there's penetration, they just float in place. And if they're lesbians, they just touch each other. But they stare into each other's eyes or some such and until they tell each other it's time to have an orgasm and then they do. <laughs> Lena tried to show me how once and I don't know why. It just didn't happen for me. Maybe I was just too embarrassed because you know, I was the only one naked. You know, she said that I'd learn eventually that you know, it was all part of breaking away. She never asked to make love to me after that. Maybe that's when I lost my chance to stay in space. I was going to break away. It really, I was. Uh, I stuck it out to the last possible day. God, it's hard to explain. Um, okay, when nobody's on Earth, look up into the night. No offense, I was one too. <laughs> anyway, what calls them is the uh, romance of it all. You know, the the high frontier, okay? The, you know, Sheena Steele, Captain Kirk, cowboys and asteroids, you know, kid stuff. You know, except they don't allow kids in space because of the cancer. Anyway, then you go up. And when you're done puking... <laughs> You realize it's all propaganda. <laughs> Space is boring. <laughs> and indescribably magic at the same time. <laughs> God, how can that be? You know, sometimes I'd be in the Edens and I'd look out the windows and I'd see Earth. Blue as a dream. And I'd think about all the people down there. Twelve billion ants. All looking up into the night and wondering what it would be like to be me. God, I could feel their envy. As sure as I can feel the floor beneath me now. It's, it's part of what holds you up there. You know you're not an ant. There's less than 20,000 breakaways. You're, you know, you're brave. You're doomed. <laughs> but you're different than anyone who's ever lived. Then your shift ends. <laughs> and it's time to go to the gym and spend three hours pumping the ergo rack in a squeeze suit to fight muscle loss in case you decide to back down. <laughs> Being a temp in space is hell. Oh, God. The rack is hard work. If you're not exhausted when you're done, <laughs> you haven't done it right. And you sweat. Oh, God. And the sweat, it doesn't drip off. No, no, no. It, it, it pools in the, you know, the small of your back, in the crook of your arm, underneath your chin, and just clings there, shivering like an, an amoeba. 
And while you're slaving at the rack, Elena's out getting work done or reading or sleeping or talking about you to one of her breakaway pals. See, they have three more hours in their day because they don't have to bother with a rack anymore because they don't have to worry about backing down. Then, <laughs> every nine weeks, you have to leave what you're doing and visit one of the wheel habitats to readjust your weight for a week so that when you come back to Victor Foxtrot, <laughs> you get spacesick all over again. But you tell yourself, it's all worth it. Because it's, it's not only space you're exploring, it's, it's yourself. And how many people can say that? You have to find out who you are so you can figure out what to hold on to and what you need to let go of. Jim here. That's all for now, but next Monday, Cleo will tell you the secret of what happened on her breakaway day. See you then.